Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the show where we see a movie, get a take, super spicy, bring it back to the microphone, don't discuss the spiciness of the take, and then we discuss it on the mic. Kind of unpack it like a uh, like a Christmas gift. Today I'm joined by Mike Burge. Hello. Hi, I'm Robert Anderson. Probably should say that first, but... Yeah, I bet you have. All right, Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy, Brian, come on in. Have a seat. Have a seat. Sorry about the mess. Oh shit! All right, no, no, it's okay. Yeah. So your stairs. Let's. uh, We're gonna start over again. Too much mud in here. We're gonna start over again. We'll just cut that part out real quick. Okay, hold on a second. Uh, So, uh, one, two, three. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes. I'm your host, Mike Burge. Robert Anderson couldn't make it today, and uh, neither could Jack Kolajeski. So I'm here going to talk to you about this fresh new show that we have on Story Screen Presents called Hot Takes with Mike Burge. See, what Hot Takes with Mike Burge is, is we go out and we see a new movie in the theaters or streaming somewhere. It's a new movie. We haven't seen it before. We get our first impressions from it. We don't talk about it at all. And we come back to the microphone and spit that hot take fire at you guys. And today... We have overtaken hot takes in order to be able to talk to you about the latest Disney cash grab, Solo, <laughs> a Star Wars story. And of course, we're talking to that Star Wars. So I got my lovely Star Wars boys with me. I got Jeremy Kolajeski. Continuing my crusade of taking over hot takes. Yeah, we're going to get it. We're going to take it. And also, as always, Brian Castellano. That's me. So guys, we're going to be talking about Solo. First couple uh, minutes before we take a break, it's going to be spoiler-free, so don't be afraid. We're going to kind of just go over how we feel about it, how it made us feel, how we feel now, how we felt when we watched it, our general impressions, and then after the break, we'll cut into uh, some real spoiler stuff and get down to the nitty-gritty. But let's get this show on the road mm-hmm. with Cumero Numero Uno. Thank you to HQ, our sponsors. Uh, Not a real sponsor. Guys, what did you think of Solo, a Star Wars story? I'll let Brian go first. Um, See, it's funny because I went into this movie with, honestly, about like two expectations. And I can get into those with spoilers, but Han Solo for me has never been my favorite Star Wars character. Ever. I've never identified as him. I never actually really cared about him. Who'd you identify as? Oh, Luke, of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just, you know. Whiny. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pretentious. Yeah. Wants, white. Wants to have superpowers. And Okay, yeah. But I don't I don't hate the character. But in, in this movie, I, I, I was actually rooting for him. And I actually enjoyed his story as much as I knew what was going to happen. And as much as... Uh, you could say that this is also another cash grab, but I had a great time with this movie. It's not the best Star Wars movie. It's not the worst Star Wars movie. Far from the worst. And it's it. I don't know. I just had a great time with it. I I, I enjoyed it more than I honestly thought I was going to. I'll uh, second that. Yeah, Jeremy, would you would you got? Yeah, I'll I'll third that for sure. Uh, reading the the production this movie had. And reading about how they fired um, the original directors, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, of the Lego movie and the Jump Street movies, replaced him with Ron Howard, who, you know, has made some some bona fide classics, you mm-hmm. know, Apollo 13 and 
Reshooting eighty percent of the movie and reshooting eighty percent of the movie, like you know, you might be like want to want to like tug on your shirt mm-hmm. and be like, uh oh, like how is this gonna turn out? Is mm-hmm. are we gonna get something like a jumbled mess like Suicide Squad? But like, no, no, it came out a really a, a solid product that I had a great time with. It didn't like emotionally invest me like something like The Last Jedi mm-hmm. did, but I, um, you know, it it kind of reminded me of. Um, like like a high production Disney ride. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Like mm-hmm. it was it was a lot of fun. Um I thought all the uh, the actors um worked really well together. They created a great dynamic. Um I think I enjoyed it more than Rogue One cuz I thought it was uh like more tightly written and the characters actually felt like human beings. More so than Rogue More One. More so yeah. than Rogue but One. Like the, so the I was... characters in Rogue One are very much just kind of stale. You know, like yeah. I, I actually rewatched that They're one a couple types. of days ago uh, in preparation for this, and it, God damn it, that movie is just not aging well at all. We've said it before on the podcast, but like this is like that was now the fourth time I've watched it since it's come out and it's just like every time I watch it it gets just a little bit more tedious and I think it's because it just like because of like the the, the behind the scenes drama and Gareth Edwards leaving and and uh what's his face having to come in to like take over uh what was the director's name that came in and took over on Rogue One You're correct I just forget his name I can't remember but uh he came in and he like fixed it up and the movie especially in the third act suffered from that in my opinion suffered because that's where they did the brunt of the changes because mm-hmm. you know there was all that stuff in the trailer for Rogue One where you saw certain things that ended up not being in the finished product the tie so fighter stare down the tie fighter stare down running around with the the ATATs the ATs like crossing and stuff like that, running between their legs and stuff. All of that stuff was taken out. Mm-hmm. And Solo, as another Star Wars movie, had some big behind-the-scenes problems. We talked about this briefly on our Last Jedi podcast about how it seems like they have more... Disney and Lucasfilm seem to have more... Uh, they're more easier to step in and really hold a tight grip over what's going on in the... Star Wars story movies as opposed to the episodic Skywalker story, which you think it would be reversed. You'd mm-hmm. think that they would want a tighter grasp on these characters, like continuing their story in episodes seven, eight, and nine, but they kind of just like let J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson do whatever they wanted, especially Ryan Johnson. And in these ones, like they got like Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and they had Gareth Edwards and Rogue One, and both those productions were like halted in the middle and somebody else was brought in to pick it up solo way more aggressively like the whole 80 percent thing is like you can really see it like you you can see there's certain scenes that even like the design of the movie is very phil lord and chris miller it's very lord and miller and then ron howard is the one that has to like all these people that they cast all these things that they designed he has to kind of come in and now try and make them work with his visual style that's I mean, t- even more to to the degree that like Phil Moore, Phil Lord, and Chris Miller were demoted from director credit, yeah. and Ron Howard was was given full sold directorial credit. I didn't. That was the most surprising thing about the movie for me. <laughs> the biggest surprise of the movie I knew that was directed by Ron Howard. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I'm sure like Lord Miller is somewhere in the credits. They're, there. Executive, they're producers. executive producers. Yeah. Oh, okay. I because I thought all three of them were going to be credited as director. But, but you know, I guess you know, I guess there's something with the the D, with the DGA. Larry Kasdan doesn't like them. Mm. Oh, okay. Larry Kasdan also doesn't like them, though. No. But you know, behind and his the son doesn't like them either. Behind the scenes drama, notwithstanding, it is 
it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's it's paced very well. It's very fast. It's it's a good pulpy science fiction um, uh, summer movie. Yeah, I I I don't. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of this movie. No, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I agree. I had a, I had it was better than I thought it would be because I went in with very low expectations because of all the behind the scenes stuff. And honestly, I'm not that interested in a Han Solo solo movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the most part, I had a fun time. I had yeah. a, a packed packed house opening night. People clapping. Uh, we had a really respectable audience. It was really, it was a good night out at the movies. I like the movie. I'll probably watch it again, but I'm not like chomping at the bit to see it again. No, um, but I enjoyed myself, and so I guess saying I don't like the movie is like the hottest of takes that I have. Where it's like I walked away from the movie feeling unfulfilled because there's moments in it that are really cool, and I want to like this movie. It's Star Wars. I want to like it. But I think that the pacing, it's like you said, it's very fast and that kind of like, there's no real like, there's no narrative structure really to it. Like you don't under, like you don't know what, what Han Solo as a character, like what he's trying to do. He's just becoming the Han Solo that we know. He's like learning how to be a scoundrel and getting the Millennium Falcon, becoming friends with Chewbacca. It, it, it feels a lot like a video game. Yeah. It feels like you could totally like take this structure and apply it to like an old LucasArts game mm-hmm. from like from like the nineties. Like put it on the Dark Forces engine or something and you can like beat for beat, like play it as like a um a narrative. Kinda like Shadows know. of the Empire. Kinda. Yeah. And you know, it doesn't work quite as strongly. Like you're not like emotionally both because it is a prequel and you know what's going to happen to these characters. You know where they're going to end up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they throw those nods in there to, like, without going into spoilers, where things came from and how things came to be. And those moments felt a little bit, like, yeah. they didn't feel as natural no. as they, they, they could have been. They stick out like a sore thumb. They, they really do. Really, when I say, like, I, I, I jumped the gun when I said I don't like the movie. I like the movie. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But it's moments like that that really took me out and made me not like it. And I feel like if it had just been a little bit more naturalistic, like, I don't need to know how he got his gun. No. Which is in the trailers. It's not a spoiler. We've seen that. I, like, I just don't need that. And there's other stuff in the movie that they do where I'm like, you don't need to do that. Why are you doing that? You don't need to. I'm here. You sold the ticket. I'm watching it. I like Han Solo, obviously. You mm-hmm. don't need to constantly, like, cater to my love of Han Solo, which you don't know which degree it's at. So, and again, it's a Disney movie. So they're going for the widest audience possible. The people that don't know that Star War mm-hmm. and the people that love that Star War. And they're trying to make something that can please everybody. And I think just coming hot off the heels five months after The Last Jedi that just really feels like a step in the wrong direction. It's like we were pushing this thing forward and now all of a sudden we're just going back to this, like there's prequel shit in this movie where it's just like, S-C-3-P-L, you know him, don't you? It's like, I don't need that. It The movie can be fun. I thought the actors were really good. Yeah. I thought all the actors portrayed their versions of the characters well, whether we'd known them before or not. And I just, I, they could have just like focused on that instead and maybe like tighten the movie up a bit. The movie's two hours and 15 minutes long. Like it doesn't need to be that long. It, I felt it, this movie. It, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. It did get pretty long towards the end. Yeah. Especially like towards that. There's one 
crucial place that they go to. And once they get to that place, the movie does feel like it's stretching itself out mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, and when but, we get into specifics and the spoiler part, we can I can I can more describe like what it was about the things that I liked and what it was about the things that I didn't because they're all very specific. Mm-hmm. I came out of this movie uh, feeling similar to like how I would come out of like uh, a middle of the road Marvel movie, like your Ant Man's and your uh, I don't know like Thor two. Ooh, or, or it's not it, as bad as Thor it's not two. as bad as Thor <laughs> two, but like that kind of like middle of the road. Like I think Ant Man is like the the pedestal. Story screen is starting to become like a Thor two haters paradise. We, we've I'm not even, I'm not even that lately. big of a hater on Thor two. You want to do it like a podcast on Thor two? Like you no, with, no, uh, okay. not at all. <laughs> like you did with that sounds that, that sounds like hell. <laughs> that sounds almost as bad as watching Thor two. Yeah. We've been through hell, Mike. Mm. We've been through hell. But what, what this is, movie was not hell. What do you mean by that? Yeah, this Batman is not hell. Superman. Oh, yeah, of course. But uh, <laughs> but no, this this movie didn't certainly didn't feel like hell at all. It, it it felt, you know, it does its job. Yeah. It does it serviceably. It doesn't do anything spectacularly. Although the, the action scenes were nicely, like, put together. The set pieces... Were, it looks fine. Yeah, it looks it looks fine, and they do some creative stuff with with the, uh, the especially like towards the beginning. There's a really totally. There's a really like well made set piece. Yeah, there's a really yeah. good energy to the beginning of the movie that I really liked, and it just slowly starts to taper off as new characters are introduced, and you're waiting for like the story, and the story just like it like a Star Wars story. You're waiting for the story, and it it just kind of keeps changing, and like you know, I know that me and you, Jeremy, had some had some huffs and puffs throughout the movie where like there there's there's constant um, like come on, yeah. The, I don't want to get too specific with it because even that would spoil it. So we'll just save that for the for the next. <laughs> I know guy. exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's 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 it, it's fine. I'll yeah. see it again. I will go see the movie again in theaters because I want to see it again. And I just I'm not I'm not hopping on that solo train. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like Brian, like you you liked it. It was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It had a really good energy mm-hmm. that it kind of kept up for the most part when it needed to. Yeah, yeah. And so like you dug it. Yeah, I I wouldn't say that I would watch it in the theater again. Like, I honestly, just one time is, like, enough for me. Mm. I've got a problem, so I, <laughs> I have to just... I mean, I have a problem with Star Wars stuff, <laughs> and I just I just wanted this movie to not be a fucking snooze fest that I just got angry at constantly, which is, like, no. how so many people feel about the new Star Wars movies, and... And my two, my two specific things that I don't want to get into, I want to get into more spoilers and mm-hmm. talk about it. But this movie just had to do two things for me, and it honestly did those things, and it added some more stuff in there that I wasn't expecting, and the it was like a car racing show. It was just like a it was like a big race to you know get from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. Yeah, it's definitely like it a heist a... racing movie kind of thing. You know, yeah, like, and it's not heist in the sense of like Rogue One, where Rogue One was very much structured oh, over yeah. like an Ocean's Eleven kind yeah. of bring the team together. Everybody's got a job. This is more like, yeah, th- this is more like a like like kind of like a like a Reservoir Dogs kind of feel. Kinda. It's like some band of some scoundrels, and yeah. it reminded me a lot of those like 
late 70s early 80s like pulpy science fiction uh like like a silent running or like a roger corman production mm-hmm. like battle beyond the but, stars but or definitely something. with a little you're absolutely but definitely with a little bit of those like 60s and 70s like sh- like streetcar movies like yeah. bullet uh, or dirty mary crazy larry there was definitely a lot of energy like that in there mm-hmm. and i'm wondering if that's what ron howard brought to the table possibly but you know the thing about it is it, it does it's not like it's not one of those movies it has this legacy attached to yes. it so i feel like the legacy it has attached to it is actually like goes against it mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. like if this movie was just called something else all the all the names were changed but the plot wasn't really all that changed all that much i think i would have enjoyed it a lot a lot more mm-hmm. because i was like oh my god it's this you know Fun, fun little heist movie with the science fiction uh, galaxy hopping twist. Yeah. But, you know, because, you know, I don't want to repeat myself over and over again, but because, you know, there's expectations mm. to Star Wars. This is definitely one that, like, some people that like Star Wars a lot, they're going to have to leave. They're going to have to leave some of their reservations at the door. When they come into this, they're going to really have to just be like, all right, go into this movie, you know, not low expectations, but go in and understand like, this is what it is. Disney acquired Star Wars and now they're pumping out a Han Solo prequel movie that takes place in between the events of episode three and episode four. Yeah. And episode 3.25, if you will. Exactly. Like, this is what you're, and it's before Rogue One, obviously. Yeah. And it's, you, you. This movie gives you exact exactly what you think in your most optimistic or pessimistic ways. That's exactly what this movie delivers. And it just treats the negative stuff that I probably didn't want in the movie at all. It treats them with a certain kind of grace that's at least like charming enough for me to go like, okay, I get it. I've seen Star Wars too. Let's move on. Let's keep the story going. But it wasn't like an, oh shit. No. Like it, there wasn't like a revelation no. to, to anything, any, mm-hmm. any of its big reveals. No. Yeah. And I, I would say like before we break into spoil, spoilies and stuff, uh, I would say that the movie's biggest f- flaw is that there's no real... I get the arc that they're trying to present in Han Solo, but I don't buy it no. because I think it's forced. Uh-huh. Forced. I, I, Something I think that's I, absent in this movie. I, I think it's a little forced, and I think that uh, it's not handled all that well. But I think that this is the best way that you can handle it. If like if you're gonna do this this decision to make a solo movie, this is kind of like the best version that we could get, give or take a couple little things. Yeah. But the thing is, is that Han Solo in the uh, the four movies that he's presented in, in the, in the original trilogy and Force Awakens, he goes through a much more interesting character change yeah. than he does in any of this, the solo, a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. And it's just... This movie has a very hard time justifying itself, itself other than just like a popcorn summer movie. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, it can be that. It, it can absolutely it be can that. It can totally be that. It's just like, I mean, Infinity War, without spoilies for that, is very much a big blockbuster summer popcorn movie. It's got a, it's got a little bit of nuance to it and it, it, it's got some ideas that it's tossing around, but you know, they're light ideas. They don't want to go too crazy and they do a bunch of really awesome stuff in that movie for a big summer 
popcorn blockbuster. This movie really doesn't have any, there's no risks. There's nothing no. going on. Like The Last Jedi took a bunch of risks and really tried to push the universe and what Star Wars can be to this generation forward. And everything down to the DNA of this movie of Solo is just like the exact opposite of that. It's a huge step back. And I know that, you know, it's not going to hurt the franchise in any no. way. If anything, it's going to make it more money. Mm-hmm. We're going to get another Solo movie. We'll probably get a Lando spinoff. Like, this is going to happen. It, it feels like Disney's trying to, you know, bake its cake and eat it too. Yeah. So, uh, any last little words before we uh, pop on into the spoiler, Brian? Brian. <clears throat> the soundtrack was very interesting. For this movie. Like the score? Yeah. Okay. Because it was... I could tell it wasn't like John Williams. No. Except some some parts. There is there is one John Williams thing. The, the motifs. Mm-hmm. The, the mo- usually, I, you know, I love soundtracks in movies and how they relate to the story and how the characters are in that moment, in that scene. In this movie, the music seems like even worse of what you were trying to say, that it's kind of catering to the franchise. Where, like, he's flying the Millennium Falcon and the Asteroid Field song motif comes on for a little bit. I'm like, you didn't really need to do that. You could have just made something else. And that's, like, a pretty minor gripe for me. But um, it didn't feel like it was telling a story, the music, for me. And that's, like, the weakest part for me. Yeah. Uh, like, But otherwise... John Williams didn't do Rogue One. And it was uh, Michael Giacchino, who is, like, the John Williams, like... Boy, I've like, heard, he I've is heard going so to... many pronunciations of his, of his last name over Giacchino. the Giacchino. Is that the right I name? knew a guy in the military whose last name was Giacchino. Okay. Why? What do you... Gia... I've heard Giacchino. Giacchino. I've heard Giacchino. Giacchino. You know what? It, it can probably be pronounced a lot of different ways. I just feel like, you know when you have different pronunciations of a name, and there's one that just kind of sounds like that's a human being's name? Like Giacchino? It seems like there's something wrong with the syllables there. Giacchino, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. that's a let's get over there. I'm I don't so know. bad with it. you know the uh, the chain that's around here, uh, Giacomo's, the pizza place. Yeah, I used to call that place um, Giacomo's, and Ooh. when I went to uh, when I went to um, Duchess, I was, I was like talking to somebody. He's like, you want to go to Giacomo's and get a pizza? And he's like, what the fuck are you okay. talking <laughs> about? What the fuck is a Giacomo? Oh, you mean Giacomo's. That's really good. Oh, Michael Giacomo. We'll call him that from now on. <laughs> Michael, Giacomo. Michael Giacomo is like the Giacomo's heir pizza. apparent to John Williams. Like this mm-hmm. is a guy that, Definitely. you know, he started out like doing like really good stuff on like Lost and everything like that. And now he's doing a bunch of the Marvel movies. He did Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's. Uh, probably the one that they're going to pick to do the Ryan Johnson trilogy just because like he's, I mean, this one was done by John Powell. Solo score was done by John Powell. What else Not familiar done? with him Shrek. at all. Really? Did yeah. he do Shrek? Yeah. My <laughs> man! <laughs> he's done Huge a, Shrek! He's done a lot of like animated stuff. I'm trying to think what else he's done. Is, I, I was looking it up before I went to the guy with... from Smash Mouth? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. John Powell has got himself a filmography... That is like Ferdinand that just came out. Okay. Uh, he's got some Ice Ages, some How to Train Your Dragons. Some Happy Feet in there. Uh, really? Happy Feet? The music in Happy Feet is actually pretty good. Yeah. So. He's a, uh, he did like uh, something for How I Met Your Mother. Oh, did uh, he do the ba 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 ba? Couldn't tell you. I don't even know what that is. Okay. That's uh, the opening theme to How I Met Your Mother. Public Enemies, I Am Legends. Public Enemies. Knocked Up, Happy Feet. Happy Feet, cool. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, 
Hitch. Geely. So he seems like the kind of guy you hire. Ooh, he did the... Uh, uh, he, he wrote some music for the Adventures of Pluto Nash. Ooh. 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 Hope he snuck some of those in there under... <laughs> Oh, wow. He also wrote a song for Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. A classic. Classic. That's where he, that's where he, that's where Jason takes Manhattan. Well, he takes like a boat for like 70 minutes. He's in the subway and on the streets for like 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All they could yeah. afford of filming in Manhattan. Yep. Uh, but yeah, everybody good. We'll, uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll come on back into the spoily town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where we will not tell you immediately who dies yeah. after the break. We will be considerate, generous human beings, and we will wait a little bit and allow that to come up naturally. Okay. Or Is will we? We're not going to tell him that Han Solo dies in this movie? <laughs> oh, shit. I got to cut that out. Oh, oh I'm sorry. We're still recording? I'm, I'm sorry. Hello. Welcome to another episode of It's Fits where Story Screen's film laureate, Brian Robert Fitzgibbons, speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss the 2011 Nicholas Winding Refn film, Drive. Drive. I've only seen it once. I hear the soundtrack's really good. Never really listened to the soundtrack. He... I don't remember what he's doing. Is he robbing... People or is he saving people in his car as he drives? I know he does it really cool. Um, because it's Ryan Gosling. Who hates Ryan Gosling? Anybody? I didn't think so. Um, drive. Yeah, I don't have much to say about it. I can't really remember. I know he drives in a car a lot, and I know the soundtrack's supposed to be good. This has been another episode of It's Fits. And we're back. So. Low. A Star Wars so story. So low. A Star Wars story. What did you guys think about it now that the uh, spoil chains have been unshackled? It's still all right. Still okay, right? It's still pretty okay. I'm, they're still thinking about it. And yeah, it's it's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing special. Worth the money. Mm-hmm. Um, getting into like the fast pace and everything like that. Like Jeremy, you said that uh, it's the movie keeps going, yeah, super fast pace. Was there anything about like the structure of all of that that you found like really good or like maybe didn't jive with you all that well? I mean, it's it's like it's not that it was really good or really driving me. It was like somewhere in the middle. Like you know, I was very entertained while watching it, but in the kind of way that I would enjoy like a pretty good video game. Like, oh this like it's like a like a Call of Duty campaign or something. Like it moves it moves pretty fast. It's mm-hmm. it's it's enjoyable. It has great set pieces. Um they do a lot of cool stuff with their fancy big special effects. But towards but at at the end when the credits rolled it didn't really leave me with all that much. Mm. It didn't really leave me with too many revelations about Han Solo or any of his supporting characters mm-hmm. uh, didn't really as 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 well as as well written and fun as his side characters were and how well they uh, jived off of each other. I don't feel like they added like a great deal to Han Solo's legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, like they like they like you know they added like an okay amount, 
But what did like Kira add, really? What did I mean? Like Han was a scoundrel before he met. Well, he, she broke his heart. Yeah, I suppose. And she like tricked him, and it, it the whole lesson of this movie was like. Don't trust anyone. It's it's molding Han Solo into like being untrustworthy and very pessimistic, and I think that that's that's something that didn't hit well for you, Mike. Right? That the, his arc in this movie. Yeah, it's like yeah, these are the things. Like obviously, going into a solo movie, you're like, oh, we're gonna learn like how he became what he was at the beginning of A New Hope when we first saw him in the Moss Eisley, Moss Eisley, Moss Eisley Cantina. Giacchino. Yeah, Giacomo. And it's, it's, yeah, like it's, it didn't land with me completely because it's just not an arc that I'm interested in. But again, I think it's the only arc that we was ever on the menu. Like that's all they were going to give us. It was exactly for, for me, I think the arc worked for me because I don't think Han Solo believed it in himself that he went through that arc because he's still just a good guy. Like he, he's still going to, you know, take down the empire Give the give the the Falcon to Lando. Lando's going to be the general in the rebellion, and they're going to have that arc to go down. And in this one, it's just him trying to, you know, get his two feet on the ground to get a ship, get Chewbacca, check those list things off. Yeah, and, it's, it's what it kind of felt like, like a checklist. Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't like that. Like that's yeah. like I get it, and that's what that's what I signed up for when I bought my ticket. Yeah. Especially after seeing the trailers and everything like that and like reading the plot synopsis and like seeing exactly what's going to be going down in this. And you're like, yeah, they're going to just like, I'm glad we didn't see how he got his vest or, that you know, like, thank silly. you. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, I do really like in the beginning that his, the colors are swapped where he has a dark shirt and a, and a white vest. I dig that. Like, and just in its own little like fun way, that seems like a real Lord and Miller kind of aesthetic choice mm-hmm. uh but it, i don't i don't like it they could have made me care about his arc and they didn't it was more just like you like han solo right he's kind of like a untrustworthy kind of dude uh, uh, scoundrel and he doesn't trust will. any yeah and they're like he's a little nerf herder and it's like we know all of these things about han solo from the three episodes and force awakens and like you said before, he's got like a really good arc in the original trilogy and they cap it off quite nicely with The Force Awakens, I think, you know, yeah. just in the way that they did it, like that's what you got. So you got to kind of deal with it. Uh, would I have gone a different route? Probably, but they don't pay me to make these movies. Hmm. But with Solo, it just really feels like there was really no like emotional stakes there were like I, I I knew that he was going to get double crossed. I didn't realize he was how much double crossing it was going like to happen. Quadruple cross. Everybody's high. just like totally saw all that coming. Yeah, I mean they're, they're, that's, they're presenting it. That's kind of what made it like so pulpy was like mm-hmm. all the double crossing of like. There's you definitely know. that pulpiness there too, and I really like that. I felt like the opening crawl is now replaced with just like. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away type font where we just get the general setup of like how bad the universe is doing and everything like that. And that had a really like, like, you know, like 60s, 70s, cheesy sci-fi vibe to it. It, Mm -hmm. The kind of cheese that I like. But they didn't maintain that tone throughout the movie, I don't think. I think they come back to it when it serves them for getting away with some of the things that they're doing. But I also think that they just kind of drop the ball on a lot of different things, both with Solo and the other characters. Like, real quick, uh, LV3? 
L337. Yep. L3. And he calls her L3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her whole thing is that she doesn't want to be enslaved as a droid. Which is a very interesting concept. Very interesting concept. And they go to really cool places with it. And it ends with her character being downloaded into a ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And which isn't really something that's mentioned in... Is 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 it mentioned? Yeah, C three PO in Empire when they're in the asteroid, they're he's like trying to like talk to the nav computer and the nav computer is like, like calling him out and like make he's like I can't talk to this thing I don't know why and Absol- now it kind of uh, makes sense yeah. why yeah yeah no I get okay. I get that yeah, I get that part, I get that but... that's what they were that they that that's what they were alluding to that there is like a personality in the ship that is the navigation. I'm saying that I guess her that character didn't want to is... be enslaved. Oh, yeah. And now she's like a permanent fixture she's... of the navigational system on the Millennium yeah, Falcon. She kind of didn't have any choice with that. <laughs> yeah, she had like no agency at all, which was the thing that she was fighting for yeah. the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's just a little weird thing. Like when you spent so long with a character realizing like th- this character's arc is that she's trying to get agency for herself and also she realizes oh i can get agency for my people as well this is like i've never felt more alive and then she gets killed and then downloaded into a computer where she's stuck for like forever forever and i don't know exactly how conscious she is but you know if c3po is talking to her in the empire if that's what they are in fact alluding to which i feel like that has to be it, it, yeah of course. it just seems like kind of dropping the ball on that character's arc i kind of agree with that but they, they had to do it. They, there was yeah. there was no other way. They had to get you know through Kessel. Um, the two things that that like this movie was like one of the first Star Wars movies where it didn't have to prove anything to me because it, it I it didn't have to wow me. It didn't have to like show me stuff I didn't know about the lore that I didn't know already. It just had to show. It just had to do two things. One thing Han has to save Chewie from slavery. And they have to have a really cool, like, bromance buddy. Which and, I think and is, they, is I think one they, of the strongest they, yeah. parts of the movie. That's the strongest part of the movie, hands down, because I don't really like Han Solo too much, too much but I fucking love Chewbacca. Yeah, who doesn't? I love Chewbacca so much, and this is a great Chewbacca movie. It, since it, The Force Awakens and this movie have really shown that Chewbacca is more than just, you know, a barking dog. Oh, yeah. He actually has, like, character depth, and he actually cares about stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot, kind of more than Han Solo does, and that's why he's such a good um, pendulum point for Han Solo and how he, like, decides his decisions. Yeah, if Han Solo is, like, the, the typical scoundrel that he's always trying to play, and he's trying to pretend to be the scoundrel when deep down he's a good guy, Chewbacca really is, like, a knight in shining armor. Like, yeah. he he really is a good guy. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing that this had to... Um, get for me mm-hmm. was that Han joins the Empire reluctantly and he gets thrown out because he, he just can't can't deal with like the Empire. That's and this is all expanded universe stuff that was yeah. kind of set in stone as Han Solo's backstory exactly. before A New Hope and they really alluded to a lot of that and kind of kept those really like hallmark pieces mm-hmm. of the of the EU. And just changed them up a bit to be able to fit with what they're doing, what the writers and director wanted to do with the tone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then adding to that, like, I didn't want the Empire to be the main bad guy of this movie. And I think no, they... they, they yeah. the one, I Honestly, one of the best things about this movie to me was how detached from it, from, like, the Rebels versus the Empire it is. It's about the criminal syndicates, the Crimson... Crimson... Uh, what the hell? Crimson it? Tide? Crimson Sun? Crimson... <laughs> Crimson, Crimson Tide. Dam. That's like a... Not Crimson Tide. Isn't Cr- that... Crimson... 
Cr- Isn't that a movie? Darth Maul. Crimson Sun, I think. Yeah, it's the Crimson Suns, the the Pike Syndicate, which is in the Clone Wars and Rebels. And oh, nice. Yeah, there's a lot of Rebel stuff in this. Cool. Um, and uh, the Spock game, they got the Spock game in there because Spock has always been like how Han Solo stole the Falcon from Lando. Mm-hmm. They both were cheating, but Han Solo got the upper hand and took it from him. Oh, and so I like in this one that they do it where it's like Lando wins the first game mm-hmm. by cheating mm-hmm. and Han figures it out. And then the the next one, he's like, I'm going to do it fair and square. Like you said, like, hey, I want it from you fair and square, mm-hmm. which I always took that line to be like, yo, Han totally cheated and yeah. like got it. And he's like, he's just always, and Lando knows it too, but mm-hmm. they have this kind of like hate love kind of relationship where they pretend to not really like each other, but they're actually very close. Mm-hmm. And I always assumed that Han did cheat and Lando knew, but he still let him take it. And in this, they kind of reverse that in a fun way that plays more on this new Lando character that they're building with Donald Glover mm-hmm. and this new Han Solo character that they're building. And it makes it a lot more fun where like Han wins because he pretty much loses everything else mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and so giving him a nice little win at the end is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, I also really like seeing Corellia. Uh, you may not know what that is. I but, do know what that is. Uh, I I know a I know a little, little bit, bit, Brian. I no, know a little but bit. But like, use me as as okay. Uh, explain. Cor- I don't know. Corellia has always been like the quote unquote Earth of Star Wars. Like people would always say, like Coruscant, but Coruscant is more like like way past Earth. It's like. It's a complete machine. It's hyper there's, metropolitan. There's there's there's, there's no wildlife. There's no anything. It's yeah. just a complete city with levels, and there's no humanity in it at all. When people say that Curacao is like the Earth, that's them thinking that like the way that like they, it's the capital of the galaxy yeah. essentially, and that's them going like, well, if it's the capital, it's the one that's in charge, so it's like Earth. Mm-hmm. There's the mo- we spend the most time on it with politics and stuff like that, so it's the most like Earth. But in the EU, Corellia is like the place where it's like, oh, that's the most that's the most like uh, similar to like what Earth is. It's where all the humans are, yeah, and they're being controlled by aliens, which is also shown in this movie because there's that Lady Prisma worm thing. Really like that. Which yeah, is that was pretty crazy looking. Where it, this this is homeworld of Proxima. Pro, uh, yeah, Proxima. Mm-hmm. I think I, I've never seen that character before. Um, but yeah, they're they're all like orphans, slaves. They're just like trying to make a buy and it's a really bad life. And I felt like they really got the grittiness of that in the first like 20 minutes of that movie when they were there. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciated that because I've never seen Corellia done like this before. I've only seen it in like, you know, like a video game or two where they didn't really talk about anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's really interesting too, real quick, uh, Han Solo being uh, like affirmed now in like canon for these things that he was also an orphan because Luke mm-hmm. and Leia were also orphans. So now mm-hmm. our big three heroes, our trio, like they're all orphans yep. in this galaxy far, far away. And I think that that's really neat. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. And speaking on a performance level, um, Alden Ironreich, it's, I'm just like on a roll with, is that how you pronounce it? Giacomo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just on a roll with pronouncing um, last names wrong, which is crazy considering my own last name. But, uh, Alden, uh, he... Uh, That's his last name? Yeah. Alden? <laughs> How is he? Um, I appreciate that he didn't just do a, a Harrison Ford impression. Mm-hmm. He really did bring his own, uh, his own like, charisma. 
And it's it's still his own felt, energy. His own energy, yeah. And it definitely felt in line with Harrison Ford's performance, but it was also very much its own thing, which was refreshing and and it didn't distract me. Like I'm gonna be honest, I completely like tuned out that this guy was Han Solo for like a good chunk of the movie until somebody called him Han Solo, which everybody's calling him by his full name. Just Han, hey, Han I mean, Solo. Cool. I mean, you can call him either Han or Solo, and both of those are cool and okay. So when people are like, hey, so Han Solo, <laughs> how you doing over there? And it's like, what am I in like, a, like, am I a toy wrapped up in like a package? Like, I mean, people call him all sorts of things in this movie. They call him Solo, Han, Han. Right. There's specific points like Woody Harrelson, uh, Beckett calls him like, so Han Solo, what you doing next? And I'm like, why did you deliver it like that? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You've known this guy for at least a little bit. Like you can, it's like I'm not gonna like after meeting you, Jeremy, for like like uh, like a couple days or like a week or whatever it is in this. Like I'm not gonna be like so, Jeremy Kalajewski. Well, that's because my name's a fucking mouthful. Are you gonna call me Mike Burge? Sometimes. Well, I've got a really good name, so yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah, <laughs> in, in Burge, it comes out right, like two syllables, Mike Burge. It's it's good, but so solo, solo. or Han. Yeah. Han Solo. Okay, I get it. It's fine. It's a nitpick. It is a nitpick. But I think we have something that we can all agree and bitch about for a couple minutes right here, which is how, how Han Solo apparently gets his name, which I didn't know was, was a question I needed answered. That was such a, like, uh, I was like, I was kind of in dire straits with this movie. Like, the beginning part was great, but, you know, once they got to the Empire TSA scene mm-hmm. and with the solo part he's like oh no i'm gonna no you had me for a second but then it, it picked up i'm gonna yeah. go out on a limb here and i'm gonna say something that's a little atrocious and i might not fully believe it myself but i think it's a good basis of conversation well, you to have talk it, about it's this. about to be recorded yeah so. i know yeah i have to be careful with this i have to preempt that uh i think that um a recruiting officer from the empire giving han solo his name is just as bad as finding out that Anakin Skywalker built C-3PO. <laughs> it's useless garbage, and I don't I, need it. I think it's worse than Anakin building C-3PO. Thank you. I was trying to... That's I, like I think the only thing that I'm just like... Because, like, for, for, for uh, Anakin's character, like, he was good with... He was good with ships. He was good with fixing things. He was good with droids. It made sense it that made he sense. could just put a protocol droid sure. together. But, but it's like if Anakin Skywalker's name was like Anakin Lobo on Tatooine, <laughs> and then like when they're flying away, the uh, main Queen, man and like, and like Qui Gon Jinn like kidnaps this fucking kid from his mom, and they're flying away to Naboo in Episode One, The Phantom Menace, and like Jake Lloyd, Anakin Lobo is like looking out on. On uh, on Tatooine as they're flying away, and he's like, "I'm gonna miss my mom." And he's like, "Well, it's okay. It's a past life. You have a brand new life ahead of you. You're walking among the stars or the sky, like, like, <laughs> like and that's how he got. He was like, you, 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 like you're walking through the sky now, like, I, I and they were like, oh, yeah, that's gonna be my new name, Skywalker.'" And you don't need it because that's not going to make any sense to anybody who hasn't seen the other movies. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one of the big deals of this movie is they're trying to present the idea like, oh, you can just enjoy it if you haven't seen it. But we all know that's not true. It's not even on the fucking checklist. That's going to the grocery store and seeing something that you want. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I need that, but I'll grab it anyway. I wish I do You don't need time. to know why his name is Solo. It's his fucking last name. I'm I, sorry. I, I hate it, this part of the movie. I, 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 I totally, totally with agree with you. I, I mean, like, I'm fine with it, but I totally agree with you that it's it shouldn't have been like that. Because he 
He reluctantly joins the Empire. He doesn't like the Empire. The Empire is a piece of shit. Like, he hates them. Why would he take the name they gave him? They should have done it where Kira gives it to him. Mm-hmm. Or someone else on Karelia, one of his best friends. The the one he alludes to, uh, Needles, who was, uh, who was another guy from the EU who was, like, uh, a racing buddy that he had on Karelia. He could have given it to him or something. I would have even been okay with Woody Harrelson giving anybody him. but the empire. Anybody but the empire would have like. Been- I, I can see it right now. Like Woody Harrelson would be like, <laughs> "You like being alone? I guess you're a bit of a." You're flying solo, aren't you? I'm flying solo. I'm flying solo. <laughs> solo. Yeah, and that would have worked. There you go. That's about the only thing in this movie where I'm just like, no, no. Well, no. I, there's also another name thing that I have a big no with. Hmm. which is where, you know, like when you make a good friend and you feel like, you know, this is a guy that I'm going to, like like us, like when we first met, when we first did our first Star Wars on Attack of the Clones, The Empire Strikes Back, I was like, Brian, like th- this is this is a guy that's going to be a good buddy of mine. And and then you're like, I'm like, what's, the, what's your name? And you, you tell me your name, Brian Castellano. And I'm hmm. like, ah, oh, well, that's a little long. <laughs> I'll have to think. So- I'm saying these words to you out loud, and we've just met. I'm gonna have to think of something else to call you because that's too long. Because that's too that. long. It- you can just naturally do that. You can just call him Chewy eventually. Mm-hmm. It's just and it's nitpicky, but it's also like, why did you go through the effort of writing that and shooting these actors doing that when you don't need it? You don't need that. No, the no, movie's I- two hours and fifteen minutes long. Let's pick it up. They, I, I, they could have. This is a very nitpicky. I didn't mind that they did that, but they could have been like, "Oh, Han could have said to Chewie, oh, what's your name?'" And Chewie, you know, says Chewbacca, and he's like, "Oh, that's a little long." Cut. And then when we go into the, the um, the the train heist, which I thought was gonna be at the end of the movie, it was in the beginning of the movie. They could have had where. Chew, uh, or Han was like yelling Chewbacca, 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 and then he gets fed up and he's like, "You're Chewie." Or something like that, where he just gets like a little bit more a little bit more just natural. Call him Chewy. Yeah, he just called Chewy. I know your name's Chewbacca. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, people come up with nicknames for my fucking last name all the time without having that conversation. So. You don't have call to say that out loud to him. I don't, it's like it's a weird nitpicky thing, and it's, I'm not going to jump on it I, too I, much. I feel like that's a thing that they maybe wrote for like audiences where English isn't their first language maybe because i know i know they try they're trying to sell these movies to like uh you know to like other audiences of course yeah i don't know i don't know if that's like a specific example to pick up with that i mean i I don't know i don't know it's it does it's not really a line that really justifies itself woody harrelson is great i agree woody harrelson being woody harrelson he's he's, just kicking ass he's entertaining in any freaking role he's in honestly he really is he's going through like this great like woody harrelson was like this dude in the 90s you know when he was like busting out the bing bang boom of like uh white men can't jump natural born killers money train people versus larry oh you're naming like the actual oh okay the actual good ones that he did yeah yeah, okay Uh, yeah, he's doing all of those. He, like, he was big, and then all of a sudden, like, it was like when the McConaissance happened, when Matthew McConaughey really started, like, coming on up, mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson just, like, also popped into True Detective with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, look at Woody Harrelson. What's Woody Harrelson doing? And then he's done, like, a bunch of other stuff. I wish that he had been in True Detective Season 2. It, did, that, that, oh, no. it didn't suffer from him not being in it. The, the thing, like, stands on its own already anyway. But he went on, and he also did, like, War for the Planet of the Apes. 
He's like an awesome bad guy in that. Zombieland is so a lot of fun. Zombieland, yeah. This was like a right, right, Seven right Psychopaths. Before. Seven Psychopaths. He's recently was just Fucking in Three Billboards. Three Billboards, yeah. yeah. He's a he's a kick ass actor, and I'm really kind of happy that they were able to get him in on this. He one. gels really well with the with the Star Wars. Uh, he does. Aesthetic. He's like a rugged like he looks like just how Woody Harrelson looks, and you know even more how he's dressed in this. He looks like a random like made up EU character that you would get like a picture of oh, on a totally card is. or something. You're like, totally oh, that is. looks exactly like that's what a Star Wars character looks like. Yes, mm-hmm. this is Hans Mentor, who is also a criminal bad guy. Just like there a freaking there he is, a fucking action figure. <laughs> yeah. But no, he's yeah he 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 was great. He was a lot of fun. What did y'all think of Amelia Clark? I I thought she served her purpose. Um, she had to be like, I I bought their love interest. Mm-hmm. It was already established, so mm-hmm. it's it's not like atta- the Attack of the Clones where they're having these awkward love dialogue stuff. Like I can already see that they have chemistry. It was together. written by a human being. Yeah, yeah. I can more, see more that 100%. they had chemistry together, and I obviously we know that he's gonna fall in love with Leia. So this girl had to break his heart in some way, and she kind of does do that, and yeah. it worked for me in that regard. And she she were she. Uh, but other than that, she doesn't really have much purpose unless they. No. She's gonna. She's gonna be in the other movies. That of course, they're gonna yeah. Be doing. This is like she's gonna be kind of like a, like a bad guy kind of thing in like the second one or something. Yeah, like, like the, the she is the actual rogue of the story, but, rather like, than Han Solo. Well, she's learned all the lessons already. Yeah, they've got that. Excuse me. They've got that dialogue in the elevator going up towards the uh, the climactic oh, yeah. finale. I, I where know she's a like, I know you. a little bit more yeah. than you. I may not know everything. But I know a little bit more than you. I've been you already, like in this mm-hmm. situation where you think you're on top of everything. But trust me, no matter how far you plan ahead for any double crosses, there's, there's always Lord. going to be more. There's always going to be something the, more. There's a Sith Lord. Let's hold on. To, let's hold on to the <laughs> Sith Lord for just a second. Yeah. Um, Amelia Clark. She's always been very hit and miss with me. Like even hit and miss in like Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. And especially a miss. I, know, in I was that. about to be like, you can be nice to her, but I'm like, can you name me like something that she's really good in? Uh, I mean, she, she can be really strong in Game of Thrones. Absolutely. Anything else. That's what I mean. Like, she's not really in like a whole lot. Did you see Terminator Genesis? I was about to bring up Terminator Genesis, which which she's terrible, but everybody's terrible. Everybody's terrible. In Terminator Genesis. So I don't see, but, uh, so that's why I was a little bit wary of her being able to like carry a like action blockbuster role but she was very charismatic mm-hmm. she this. works for She's very likable what her thing is but she doesn't really have a whole thing going on so there's not too much for me to really connect with her and, no yeah. no i i agree with you uh with this movie is very not emotionalist but there's no emotional core that grabs you similar to like the main episode episodic movies this is more like a cut and dry story where the characters do things and you watch them do it rather than you like projecting yourself into these characters and like understanding what they're going through and why they're doing these things. You're kind of just you're just watching it unfold in front of you. Plot definitely takes more precedence in this than character. Yeah, does. for sure, for sure. And Larry Kasdan has always been a huge plot person rather than characters. Yeah, but I mean, I'd argue too, like there's not a whole lot plot wise going on in this movie. It, a lot of things happen. The plot the is just like the checklist of Han's backstory. Yeah, that's all it is. And yeah. like, I'm not, uh, I'm, I, again, and I understand that that's all this movie could be. And I think that that's why I'm kind of grading it on this light, nice, sensitive scale because I'm like, it's not because like I'm a Star Wars fanboy and I want to defend Star Wars. I have problems with this movie that I think are the problems that people have brought up to me about Force Awakens and The Last Jedi where I agree with some of them, but I don't think that they're deal breakers. Whereas these problems are 
in, insanely evident to me in this movie. And again, they're not deal breakers, but they're just they're not they're not tactfully placed. And it, it just kind of feels like a mishmash, almost as if this movie was made by people who had a different vision of what it was supposed to be. Uh, and it was just yeah. kind of thrown together. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. But it didn't feel like there's definitely some of that in there, but it didn't feel like something like Justice League. Where, no. like, it's clearly, or like, 50-50 two people right. making this movie. And that, in Justice League, Whedon went in with a very with the intention of trying to maintain Snyder's tone while fixing up the things that he thought would help make it work. Mm-hmm. In this, I can really see that Lord and Miller had this really attitude, like, balls-to-the-wall heist race movie mm-hmm. that they wanted to have some, like, dirty scoundrels and some fun jokes some and have jokes a good too. time. And Disney wasn't jiving with it. And so they got, you know, like social media icon Ron Howard, who was, <laughs> you know, plugged into the millennial zeitgeist to come in and just kind of like take all of these young characters and present them in a way that people of all ages, whether you grew up with Star Wars or you're new to it, can connect with it. And I think that they just didn't connect that. They just didn't, Not they didn't fully. get that in. And it's like, I understand that you, you can't have lightsabers in this. So you have to devise a weapon that's like exactly like a lightsaber. I thought those. I thought the vibroblades were a cool addition because they haven't been in any movies. They sound before. like lightsabers. Like oh. they're doing what lightsabers do, and I'm like, okay, like they look cool. But I was worried about those from the trailer alone. They remind me of like you know those YouTube videos where they like make the they they make the knife really hot and yeah. they like cut like whatever. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of those. Yeah, and it's videos. not like a it's not like a bad thing. I'm more just like you guys can do anything. You you guys are supposed to be like dirty and scoundrelly and like mm-hmm. in this world and we're like you don't have to give them like a version of the weapon that like the bad guys in Revenge of the Sith have so that they can finally have a bunch of bad guys that aren't Jedi fight the Jedi. You know, I felt like they they established well the difference between the crime syndicates, like the the Crimson Sun, which was what's his name, Dryden Voss's actor, his vision, Paul, Paul Bettany. Bettany. Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany is the leader of this very illustrious and rich crime syndicate. Paul Bettany was like one of my favorite parts. He's a good bad guy in this. He's, he he's, he was chewing the scenery hard. He, he's a good like Bond villain in this. He's he's charming in his own way, but dangerous. You don't know what he's gonna do. It's like a, a crazy, like a Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. Well, this movie reminded me a lot of the Fifth Element. Ooh, me too. Right, right actually, ways. yeah. There's a lot of that kind of like that grungy Luc Besson kind of like Fifth Element the like when they're on in New York City and stuff like that, and it's all like boom, ch- boom, chicka chicka boom, ch- boom, gah, boom. It's like it's like uh, what's that type of music where it's all like pipes and steel like banging on stuff. Stomp. stomp? It's kind of like stomp, but there's like it's like a, it's, it's like factory, like, like industrial, industrial. Like, there we go, like factory, a ni- like, a, like an industry, like, like an industrial, Nine Inch Nails kind of thing. Yeah, okay. there's a, it's got a it's got an attitude. This movie's got an attitude like that that I don't think fully goes through because I think that's the vision that Lord and Miller had, mm-hmm. and that Disney didn't want that. So Ron Howard came in and he he Disneyed it up. Probably. He cleaned it up, made so, a little brighter. So as I was saying, like Sorry. the the, the Crimson Sun are like the rich crime lords, and the Pike are like. The really poor and dirty Cut Kessel Spice. These are the guys that mug you yeah, on the side they're, of the street. They're the guys that fix you when you go to be a slave for them. So, like, I thought they established that difference well. So, him having, like, the Vibro Knights that had, like, the, the Plasma Blade or whatever didn't really bother me. Because, like, yeah, that guy would have, like, some 
archaic fucking knife like that. Like, yeah. it's fine. It doesn't bother me. It's more just like you have everything at your disposal right now. You're Disney and Star Wars. You can do absolutely anything and you have to go with something that's like that's so visually similar mm-hmm. to like the main thing. Easily the main thing that your movies are known for. Lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't go somewhere else with it, and I feel like it's just a little lazy. A I like hammer. the way it looks. I like the way they shot it. I like mm-hmm. what it does. I like how they use it. But it's just like I feel like they could have gone a little bit further. Like that's this movie just feels like left me wanting. Mm-hmm. I, I think what you wanted out of this is like after seeing the Last Jedi and how it like pushes the franchise off a cliff that it needs to go off in order to evolve. Larry Kasdan and his son were still very much in the mindset of the old movies and how... That definitely shows in Force Awakens as well. Yes, of course. But um, it's... It can't, like, kick away... No, no, yeah. Because it it would definitely feel way different than, like, seeing Han Solo in the cantina and then whatever. Right, right. I don't want you to think that I expected this movie to really, like, launch off in the trajectory that The Last Jedi had set up. I didn't want that. I was just hoping for something just a little bit more forward moving not necessarily from the last jedi but just kind of taking like things that they did in rogue one and moving forward with it a little bit and which i think in some senses they did where they took like the the grittiness of rogue one and they just kind of threw in like this kind of poppy flair so it's not as grim Mm -hmm. and i think that they did do that it it does it does feel like circumstantially weird that this movie does come out did come out so soon after the last jedi yeah you know, I don't think we'd, we'd be saying this if, like, say this movie came out right after Force Awakens. Yeah. In, in a point. If so I'm being think, honest, yeah, I'd probably be treating it a little lighter. I, I, yeah. I know exactly how you feel is exactly how I feel. But I, I knew that this movie was never, ever going to give that to me. Because when they announced uh, the Disney acquisition, they announced Force Awakens, and then they announced Rogue One. And then shortly after, they announced Episode Eight, and they announced... Uh, Solo. And Solo was the only odd man where I'm just like, wait, did people really want that? I mean, like... I mean, did people really want, like, how the Death Star plans got stolen? It's like, they're just kind of like an idea. And you're like, well, I guess that sounds kind of cool. Well, yeah, you're you're totally right. Um, I, I wanted to see that story, but... It was these guys in Lucasfilm that wanted these movies. I I forgot the guy for Rogue One, but Larry Kasdan, when they when Lucasfilm was acquired by Disney, he said, "I want to work on a solo movie," and he was actually working on this movie before the acquisition. So the only reason that this movie exists is because Larry Kasdan wanted to make it. That makes a lot. So of sense. when everyone asks, "Oh, no one asked for a Han Solo movie," you're right. <laughs> but the one guy, the one guy that matters that wrote, wants it, who wrote Empire, who wrote Return of the Jedi, who wrote Larry Does a Lost Ark, and countless other things, and countless other f- terrible movies, mm-hmm. and The he, Force Awakens, and The, the Force Big Awakens. Chill. <laughs> Did he write The Big Chill? He directed The Big Chill. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good movie. Lawrence Kasdan is a twist. very good writer and a very good director. I don't know if I said the word was in that sentence, but that's what I meant. Like, okay. he was a very prolific writer and director. Like, when he was pumping some stuff out, he crossed genres and did a bunch of stuff. I mean, it's really fucking weird that a movie like The Big Chill was written by the same guy that wrote, like, The Empire Strikes Back and, uh, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, that's weird. Yeah. T- to me, this movie uh, further proves to me that you gotta go writer-director 
for these movies. You can't just have two screenwriters and two directors and expect the four of them to make a fucking amazing movie. Mm -hmm. It's just... It's it's so hard to do that. You have to strike gold with a Star Wars movie. You have to strike lightning with another Star Wars movie, which is like, you know, don't even tell me the odds of that. Mm-hmm. But well, that's what like Marvel's <laughs> got going on right now, where it's like they don't want to they don't want to strike lightning with every movie that they put out there. But every couple of years, they have an Avengers get together movie where they're like, all right, now let's hit this off. Mm-hmm. And if we do strike lightning at any point randomly in between the phases good for us Mm -hmm. and and it'll just make the other one even more successful Mm -hmm. i I think that that's their kind of general attitude and i think that you know them making solo they want it to be super successful they want to strike lightning Mm -hmm. but i think that with everything that happened behind the scenes and just like with the general origin of where this idea came from Mm -hmm. it was just like shackled from the beginning Mm -hmm. and wasn't really able to like blast off into like what it really could have been but at the same time it came out a lot better then it did yeah it was way better than i thought it would be i am i'm i'm i i this movie was way better than i was expecting it to be and because like it could have been a pluto nash it could have been you know like it could have been that bad like how sorry it could have been a justice it could have been a phantom menace like it could have been a phantom menace guys what are you guys doing why are you doing that that's not what we want what are you doing yeah like it how so many people like see last night it's a one out of 10 stars or whatever it's just like have you seen a bad movie <laughs> probably not um but yeah this 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 movie it, it was a lot of fun um but something that you know as someone who re- read so much of the expanded universe and you know played video games of it read comic books this story could have just been a novel and it could have been fine it, there was so many novels of the han solo han solo um origin story that they that was actually written and they're out there you can i think one's called crimson dawn oh that's the name of the crimson dawn crimson dawn Dawn. Dawn. not crimson sun crimson dawn crimson peak yeah (laughs) no that's a guillermo Guillermo del toro crimson tide um but yeah they they talk one of the books i think is actually called crimson dawn and is about like han solo like defeating this syndicate and whatever but and this is something that like goes into like people who want the obi-wan movie like it's happening they, they but there's gonna there's no story there that's the story that there is there was already covered in rebels it, it, not even just the darth maul fight just there's no story that you can put in a new standalone we'll, star we'll wars film in just tatooine a sand planet there's just, there's no story there um, for a live action movie uh, that I think will land with it. Unless you go like weird experimental western with it, but I don't think Disney's gonna gonna jump for that. Look, we're getting it, so it's not gonna happen. You better it is. It's gonna not happen. gonna, it's gonna, gonna happen. be the fucking well, until, 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 money until, until Kathleen Kennedy is like, hey, you and McGregor Obi Wan movie. I'm never gonna bleed all believe any of these leaks because they're no not, the leaks and true. stuff blah 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 <laughs> whatever but it's it's gonna happen. Well, it's gonna happen and people are gonna be so disappointed for it because there's gonna be no story there. There's Obi Wan. There is no story in Solo, and you liked it. Mm, yeah, that's uh, fair enough. I there was. That, there's a bit more to chew on, but than, but but, but than Obi- a make believe theoretical movie. Yeah, Obi- we don't know what it's gonna. They're gonna make it, and it's gonna have some kind of a story. Obi Wan's a Jedi. Like, there's a, there's it, this is like Obi Wan's lowest point 
and it's not like a point where he like grows out of ever. No, because when we do see him in A New Hope, we see that he's still dressing like a Jedi and still using his name. Yeah. His last name. I mean, he changed his first name to Ben. I'm like, I think Kenobi's like the big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, change that. Change the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to talk about the big... Uh, the know, big... Pointy-haired... The, the pointy-headed red elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Darth Maul. The fucking Darth, motherfucking Darth Maul. Yeah, Darth Maul. He shows up. He's the leader of the Crimson Dawn. I I knew that Ray Park reprising his role. Was that Ray Park? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't I, his voice. It? it wasn't his voice. Yeah, it was. It was. It, well, it wasn't. It wasn't Ray Park's voice in the beginning no. either. But was it? I was going to ask you guys. It was, was Ray, it the dude it, that's that definitely... plays Darth Maul in like in Rebels and Clone Wars. Yes. Uh, it's I it's the same name. voice. I always forget his name. It's not Pierre Serafinowicz doing doing the uh, the voice because he did I, he did the voice. This in, is an um, actor I love, but I always forget his Phantom name Menace. for some reason. But I, be- I believe, because I actually got this spoiled to me, like, before I, I saw this movie, that uh, Darth, that Ray Park is reprising his... Oh, you had that spoiled? I did. Who spoiled it? The internet. The internet. What part was, of the internet? It was, this was, like, a week ago, too. Little assholes. Yeah. Because I knew that there was going to be, you know, there was talks of, like, there's, like, a Darth Vader and Rogue One moment. Of course. In this. And but I was like, oh, of course there is. And the whole time I'm like, yo, it's going to be Boba Fett, baby. Boba Fett's yeah, coming I thought Boba on Fett in. I was like, in this. Boba Fett's I'm kind of glad he wasn't. But no. Darth- we got Darth Maul, which uh, you guys, I think, Brian, definitely. Jeremy, I don't know if you watch like Rebels and Clone Wars I, as well. Brian has told me and I've seen clips of okay. Clone Wars. So you don't Rebels. have the emotional connection that Brian mm-hmm. has. Where no. I'm going in as like a person who's a Star Wars fan and I've seen all of the stuff. I haven't seen the animated side stuff. Mm-hmm. And Darth Maul shows up and I'm just like, why? Why are you doing this? Why? What is the possible point that you could have for this other than just like, look who it is. I agree. No. I Even, even the emotional attachment I have with uh, Clone Wars and Rebels... I didn't feel like they needed to show him. Mm. Like I knew I after Clone Wars, he like tries to get away from all like the Empire and everything, and he starts like taking Mandalorians and criminal syndicates under his wing because he's he's a Sith Lord. Like he's pretty OP, and they can't do anything about it. And they didn't really need to have him show himself in this movie. They could have just had him hooded. And him just, like, show his lightsaber because that's how they burned uh, the circle into our arm or whatever. Oh, yeah? And that would have been better than him just, like, being, oh, it's me, you Darth Maul. Look at me. Look at my fucking Look lightsaber. Look at my lightsaber. I'm going to, you know, use it a little bit. Woo! It kind of it kind of reminds me of, like, people who criticize The Last Jedi say, like, oh, Snoke was, Snoke wasn't blah, 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 blah. I thought and, it was Snoke for a second. Oh, that would When the voice first happened and she was talking to him, I was like, yo, are they about to fucking put Snoke in this movie and that we're going to be told who Snoke is in the solo movies? Because that's a like dank idea. Like, I don't I, know if it's a good one, I but th- like, that's an idea. I think that's a very dank idea. I think if they did that, that would have been better. But... But, Maul, but Maul is still alive. The, the point the point I'm getting at is that you get that kind of reveal that those kind of people were expecting, and it just feels like kind of like oh, 
Yeah. Like, if Last Jedi did that kind of reveal, I would have felt the same. I've been like, oh. Yeah. And it would have been I like. Need, I, I'm honestly like, I was just like, it was Darth Maul. I was like, well, I guess this is kind of interesting. But like, you heard people, like, this is opening night. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't know about this. And you heard a mixture of people like gasp, like, cool. And some people just like, what? Ugh. No, like, I heard groans. Like, Ugh. not like groans, like, oh, God, not this. But they were just like, what? They're Wait doing, a second. Doing that? Didn't he get cut in half? <laughs> Jeremy and I were talking about this on the way because we were both spoiled beforehand. We knew he was going to be in the movie. Ugh, you and little I, beast. Thank and, you for not ruining it for me. And no, I, of course not. And I was just like, I was like, there's going to be people who have never seen like the Clone Wars or know that like Darth Maul survived, and they're just going to be like, Wait, didn't he die? What, is this not following the original canon? Or just like, just if they want to do mass appeal. They should have, like, revealed that Darth Maul was alive in another way rather than outwardly showing him like that. So it, like, built up to Was it he a just, like, bit. CGI, too, or... No, I th- I th- well, I think he was, like, the, the puppet Yoda situation in Return of the Jedi. Where, they just, where like, there's an actual physical puppet, but they just, like... They put that, like, sheen over they, it yeah. where it's just, like, that looks, like... From what I hear, that's Ray Park's face, and that's him. God, I hope so. Face. I'm a huge Ray Park fan. He's Same. great. He's not in enough. What He's I, not. Well, no, I mean, it kind of went away. He was like in a big slew there for a bit. He was he was Darth Maul in episode one. He was the Headless Horseman in uh, in Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. He was an X versus Sever. He was Toad in X-Men. And mm-hmm. then he was later Snake Eyes. And then he was the, Snake Eyes. Movies. And now Snake Eyes, I think, is getting like his own movie or something I heard oh, about. Yeah. Of, course Which, he fucking, like, of course he fucking is. Of course he fucking is. Of course he is. Bumblebee's getting his own movie. Remember, remember the Transformers movies? We'll talk about Bumblebee. We'll talk about we'll talk about that later. <laughs> that that's a whole nother conversation. But uh, you guys yeah. excited about Darth Maul? Uh, no, I because I already know his story. Yeah, I know how his story starts. I know how his story ends, and this is just like right in between where he like doesn't really do anything. So Solo is technically right before Rebels. Yes. So Rebels and Rebels is canon. Yeah. Yes. And so in Rebels, you have already seen the end of Darth Maul's story, as one would assume. Yeah, after he's, like, has a position of power. This is stupid. This is a weird weird idea to do. To bring him in there. That's a weird idea to do. If if they brought in Snoke, it would have killed, like, two birds with one stone. I... Uh, I, don't, I wish Snoke. Snoke is a different. That this is just fan fiction. They got it. They got to do something else with Snoke. But um, I think the only reason they put Darth Maul in this movie is to be like the pushing point for the next Star Wars story that they're gonna make. It's the next solo movie. I don't think they should make another solo movie. If they're gonna make another standalone Star Wars movie, they shouldn't base it on one character. No. Because they definitely set this one up in the very protective way where they were like, well, if we do get another one, there's more that we can do with Solo. But we also did enough where it's like, if this just led into a new hope, you're good to go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like he can go and work for Jabba for a while before Mm -hmm. dumping everything because it seems like Jabba knows him very well. By the time Mm -hmm. we see him. So it's not like he's just going there, working for Jabba, fucks up. Which also, by the way, in A New Hope... I know that in in canon now we understand that Jabba is from Tatooine. Mm-hmm. But in A New Hope, in the original one, I don't think that's the case. Because otherwise, why would Han Solo be on Tatooine when he's running from Jabba? 
Oh well, Jabba's home planet isn't Tatooine, but he's from Tatooine. Like he has his empire. He has Tatooine. his empire there, and like the huts have empire, like have like stuff all over the place. Yeah, all over the place. But Jabba, his his thing is on Tatooine. That's yeah. his headquarters. That's that's his. Why turf. would Han Solo go there when he knows Jabba's looking for him? Like Greedo found him, like in like two towns over from like Jabba's palace, and was just like, I got you. Like, what was just, Han doing there? He was just kind of there. Remember, he meets Jabba there at one point in the. Well, in the yeah, in the Zazazazaza <laughs> that was made after Return of the Jedi came out, and it was shown that mm-hmm. Jabba was there. But I, I was thinking about that when I was just like, oh wait, that's so weird. Why would when when it was when it was revealed in this movie that he was going to go to Tatooine to go do a job or something? Mm-hmm. I was just like, that's kind of weird that Han's, Han is there, uh, in. In when when he's hope. being hunted by Jabba. By Jabba, and he's going to, like, the one place that he definitely is. Mm-hmm. Well, he's... I. Eh, there's so many ways you can spin it. True. The truth of the matter is, like, George was kind of, like... They didn't know. Cutting it in yeah, and out know. as he was making the three movies, but, uh... Why wasn't Boba Fett in this movie? That's, uh, let, I, I think it let, let's uh, let's let's start to wrap this up here on, like, some closing thoughts here. And, and, like, my, with, like, Nest and stuff? Boba Fett, like, just being, like, one of the dudes that was with the, uh, you know, the pirates and the mar- stuff. The Marauders, yeah. Yeah, like, just having him be one of the dudes and then mm-hmm. having Han team up with them and then they get, uh, they uh, they all get, like, they would all get killed and Boba Fett would think that it was Han's fault and then we'd have a big fight between Chewie and Han mm-hmm. and Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And, like, they get away and they think Boba Fett's dead. And then they think like, and they hear about Boba Fett all throughout, and you can do some more sequels with that and stuff like that. That's actually something I didn't want in this movie. I didn't want Boba Fett in this movie. I wanted him completely far and away from this movie, because I, they they wanted to have one of the villains have a mask, right? So they had the Ness character, and she ended up not being like a primary antagonist. Mm-hmm. She was just a kid, which I thought was pretty interesting. And she like helps Han in the end, and she and Han helps her. If it was just Boba Fett, like Boba Fett meeting Han at such a, I want to say, a vulnerable part of his life, like Boba Fett would just like completely wreck him. Like Boba Fett is a clone who has been like battle hardened when he was like young. Mm-hmm. He Han would have no chance. So there would be. I mean, nobody would... really has, stands a chance against Boba Fett. The only reason he loses is because of an accident. Yeah. Like, yeah. he fucks everybody And, and because George Lucas didn't like the character. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't need him in it. I just feel like having Boba Fett in there as, like, a reveal is, like, way more tangible than, like, Darth Maul just popping up. Like, mm-hmm. I get yeah. where they're going with it, I totally, and I get the shock value, but okay. it's, like, that totally would have been, like, a more, That's like, all it was, oh, really, was, was shock value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just, the uh, Vident, Dryden Voss had, like, the, the Mandalorian armor set in his his room he also had the crystal skull and yeah you know i think there was a raiders uh reference in there too and that's that's all i needed really if if you want to if you want to make or put boba fett in a standalone star wars movie you better talk about the mandalorians because like boba maybe that's what they got planned for the second one i because that i heard like uh rumors about a james mangold boba fett movie or something somebody was just talking about today Mm -hmm. That's like a thing. The that's Josh going Trank on. movie, you mean? No, no, no. no, no, no. James Mangold. James, James Mangold. Guy did Logan. Is doing a Star Wars movie? He's doing a Boba Fett movie. Like that's like a thing that's supposedly. like going or, supposedly, yeah. It's a thing that's going around the internet right now. Okay, well that sounds like bullshit, but <laughs> Yes it does. That sounds a little too good to be true. Uh fucking like <laughs> 
Phil Lord and Chris Miller doing a solo movie sounded like bullshit when you first <laughs> heard it too, and you're like, that's not gonna happen. Oh. No, but because then, in the, technically it didn't happen. Because so. it technically didn't happen. But in the Lego movie, they had uh, Han Solo, Chewie, and Lando in the Millennium right. Falcon. And that was one of the best parts of the Lego movie for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they did it so well. Chewie, hit the hyperdrive! And then it like sputters and doesn't go. And I was like, yeah, that's good. I really like, too, in this movie that they showed like, the Millennium Falcon was this really nice, sleek ship. And it gets until Han Solo <laughs> like, took control of it and he just fucked it up. I really like that. Man, like, he like, made it a hunk of junk. He yeah, made I it a like hunk that. of junk. I feel like we, we didn't really talk about Donald Glover too much. talk about Donald Glover? We talked about him a little bit. We I mean, we're, we're rounding up right now. I think but that's I, a good I, place I, to I, land. I feel like, you know, as big as he's gotten like over, you know, the last few years, I feel like this is the least interesting project he's he's been a part of. Like, he was definitely very, a lot of fun. Yeah, that definitely, that would definitely, like, this being the least interesting would depend on, like, the tastes of, like, sure. the person looking at it. And I would agree with that. I love his music as Childish Gambino. I'm loving the show Atlanta. I'm. I really like all of his stand-up that he does. Uh, mm-hmm. I like it when he pops up in movies like The Martian. I think he's he's a really strong artist. Mm-hmm. Like not even just an actor or a musician. Like he's a very very strong artist. That everything he fucking touches is great. And he's great in this movie. He's a lot of fun. He totally got the gravitas. Uh, he got Billy it without D. it being an impression. Yeah. You know, like uh, the guy that played Adrian Giacomo. He, the guy that plays Han Solo, he, Adrian Dramaji, Giacomo. He's, uh, you know, he's very good at balancing his own thing with what Harrison Ford did. Mm-hmm. And Donald Glover is very good at emulating Billy D. Williams' charm and like gravitas of Lando Calrissian while also m- kind of keeping it down to earth, not necessarily making it his own, but being like, I'm not going to do an impression, an impersonation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of change my voice just a little bit and then everything else I'm going to allow where the character goes and what the character says and does to inform that character. And I think his character has like a very great little tiny arc in this where it's essentially him coming to terms with him not being like the best thing in the world, Mm -hmm. which he gloats and says that he is like, he gets these little tiny things. There's not a lot of consequence to it. It's more him realizing the world is much bigger than just kind of like the next con or the next game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Yeah. I think he's great in it. I think he's, besides the new dude that plays Chewbacca, I think he's like the best part of this movie. I think the new kid that plays Chewbacca nailed it. You couldn't even tell that it, was, it wasn't Peter Mayhew. This is oh the first God. time Chewbacca's been played by somebody else it's other Peter, than Peter Mayhew. I, Pe- believe, Pe- I believe he was also the same Chewbacca in Last Jedi. And The Force Awakens. Yeah, totally. Peter Mayhew's playing him in those. No. No. No, no in The Force Awakens, Peter Mayhew is Chewbacca, but he also had that kid. Oh, as like a stunt double kind of thing. As like a stunt double thing, but he was also like teaching him how to be oh, Chewbacca. Okay, cool. And then in Last Jedi, it wasn't Peter Mayhew at all. At all. At all. Mm. At all. Peter Mayhew was, couldn't even stand. That's, I know that that's what was going on. I thought that he got some Last Jedi stuff in he, there. Nothing. And that's why Chewbacca Jedi. wasn't in it that much. But yeah, I totally... But this, yeah, this kid's killing it. This, yeah, he's, he's great. He's a great Chewie. He brings I'm, a lot of layers to Chewbacca. There's a really good picture on Twitter of uh, the dude that's playing uh, the new Chewbacca with um, three of the hobbits from uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. Like Elijah Wood, uh, Billy Boyd, and um, Sean Astin. 
and it's like his head is completely cut off of the picture because they're taking pictures of them. <laughs> he's so and giant. And it's just like I met my I met my favorite hobbits, and it's just like, oh, this kid's got it. I like I yeah. like this guy. I'm I'm excited for him to play Chewbacca for a little while, like in these spinoffs and yeah, with, progressing with, with Ray in Episode Nine yeah, or whatever. I really like the fact that if you're gonna replace somebody, you know, like Kenny Baker passed away, so he can't play R two D two anymore. Like, but you know, again, like that's kind of a thing that can be practically done at this point now. Mm-hmm replacing somebody like Chewbacca, you really want to get somebody in there that has Peter Mayhew's like good graces. He's like, fuck yeah, that guy does it. And also does it very well. Mm-hmm. And like, he really exudes Chewbacca in this and just mannerisms, yep. how he looks. I think it's awesome. I, I, him meeting Chewbacca for the first time where he's like chained up in like almost like the same kind of jail cell that uh, Han goes to on cloud city where he gets, like, tortured on Cloud City, and then Chewbacca, like, consoles him and is, like, freaking out. It was, like, almost kind of, like, the same imagery, but it's in mud. And he's, like, chained up, and it almost looks like the Sandlot Beast kind of thing. We're like, oh, yeah. put him in, put him in with the beast, and I'm like, yes, I like this. He meets, oh, I know exactly meets, where I was going. He I was meets like, yes. his best friend like this. I'm like, I'm, I really like how they did that. That was really well done. Yeah, they rancored it. Yeah, totally. I liked it. I, I think it's pretty cool. And this movie, it, with the exception of like Darth Maul, it didn't have like the forced-fed cameos like uh, C-3PO and R2. And Even though I don't consider one. that to be too ham-fisted in the Rogue One because they were part of the Rebel Alliance. Did they have a C-3PO R2 in this one? They did not. That's why I'm like, yes. Wow. They, they had, didn't have them. They in had here. a little R2 unit running around in the scene of the... Yeah, but uh, not R2. They but had not R- the R2. They had R2 units. They had protocol droids, but they didn't have R2 and C-3PO. Right. But I was just saying, that's like the closest It's the first thing. Star Wars that's done that. First Star Wars that's done that. And I'm I'm glad that they did this because they, they didn't need to be here in any form no there's no way they could have been here <laughs> no yeah no like it didn't need it uh jeremy any closing thoughts on uh you know because we're the star wars boys mm-hmm. we're gonna get together again soon to, to talk some more star wars and stuff and we can we can let solo sit in and we can discuss it some more then and everything mm-hmm. so let's to wrap this episode up jeremy what do you what, what else you what, what do you want to leave our our audiences with it's it's a solid uh, summer popcorn action science fiction movie, space opera, whatever you want to call it. But as a Star Wars movie, it doesn't leave you as fulfilled as it potentially could have been. Where would you place it on your uh, best to worst of Star Wars? Oh, Between what? Oh, God. Oh, Between no, what? You don't have to cool. name them all, but like you put it... I liked it more than Rogue One. Okay, I, so I had above a lot... Rogue One, but below... Below, like... Force, Force Awakens. Cool. I'd say. I'd say I'm, I'm, I'd probably put it in about the same spot. Yeah. I I definitely agree. I th- yeah. It has a lot more rewatchability. It might factor. be more of like an attack the clone attack of the clones instead of Rogue One kind of thing. I might I might. No, I guess I like Rogue One more than Attack of the Clones. I don't know. Rogue One's so confusing to me. I feel like I don't like it, but like I think about it. when I'm watching it, I don't like it. When I think about it, I like it. I have conflicting feelings about uh, Solo, just as I do with Rogue One, but I have less conflicting feelings with with Solo than I do with Rogue One, right. as I would say. Like, there's definitely things I, I like absolutely enjoyed from the performances to the set pieces, mm-hmm. but like as as like a whole, it didn't leave it didn't leave me like you know fully satisfied. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it leaves you. 
it leaves you wanting. Mm-hmm. And I think more that, Star Wars movies. Yeah, it, you want more. I think they like, kind of want that, though. Right? They want it. They, they want, want it. that. <laughs> they want it. Uh, Brian, anything? Let last say. You... I, I have a lot to say in this movie. I'll try to keep it short. Um, this movie, uh, you know, I'm just I'm really glad that it wasn't like fucking awful. Yeah. It wasn't the train wreck. Like, like when pe- people are going to come up to me and be like, oh, Solo was like the worst Star Wars movie ever made, right? I'm just going to be like, no, it was. it's a pretty up there or in the middle. Like, I definitely like this movie more than Rogue One. The only parts of Rogue One I like are, is the last act. And you, you don't like the last act, but I feel like they, that's the most Star Wars I mean, yeah, no, thing I've ever seen. <laughs> the reason I don't like the last act, and we're going to talk about this pretty soon because we're doing a Rogue One episode soon. Mm-hmm. Uh the th- reason I don't like that is because I feel like there's so much missed opportunity on things that they set up in mm-hmm. the first hour and a half totally that right. they don't pay off and they just like they spend the third act of Rogue One just speed lining and I'm like no you guys had so much there and you just drop it mm-hmm. and I really feel like that's because of like the switch up in the directors and the switch up of the tone mm-hmm. I feel like they were going for some saving private Ryan shit mm-hmm. at the end of that movie and it was going to fuck you up. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about my theory about that, too, which I think we've talked about off mic. A little bit. A little I think bit. your theory's right, by the way. Yeah, like, I think that's exactly what they had planned. But we'll we'll talk about that in the next one. So, so uh, Yeah, yeah, please. Sorry. Um, so with Rogue One, you know, it, when it came out, it was supposed to be, you know, separate from the Skywalker story. There's no Jedi. There's no Sith, even though it was Darth Vader. But that's another thing. Um, but the Force was still, like, the screenwriter of that movie. Where like where um, Chirrut Inway was like almost force sensitive, and he knew that the force had a plan for everything. And this, it's completely absent. Yeah. And I haven't seen a Star Wars movie where the force is completely absent, other than the expanded universe stuff that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did that pretty well for for characters that are like very. You know, secular. They don't. They don't believe in religion. Honky religions and what's. I get that. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't say honky religions this or mumbo jumbo, <laughs> or mumbo jumbo. I will say too, it's only the second movie we've had outside of the Skywalker trilogy, which is mm-hmm. obviously going to use the Force. Mm-hmm. So Rogue One had it, and mm-hmm. I feel like with this one, like they tested the water with Rogue One. Like, well, it's not a main thing. There's kind of no lightsabers except for this big reveal, and even in this one, they have that Darth Vader moment. Where like, oh, Sith Force lightsaber mm-hmm. real quick but it, it's mm-hmm. not the overall point of the story right and so i feel like moving on from that yeah they might go even further down that and just mm-hmm. disconnect i also really like the kessel run in this movie Fun. um i it's really cool to look at i like having you know space creatures that are uh they don't breathe oxygen they're just out in the vacuum cthulhu yeah creature i thought that was he gets sucked in by like a lava black hole like i'm into that stuff i don't want to like that scene but i do yeah like i do <laughs> everything about well that scene, same thing everything with me. that i don't like about movies i'm like it's over the top it's a cartoon you don't need it it's not adding anything but goddamn it looks cool and i was having a lot of fun watching if hollywood it. refuses to adapt hp lovecraft novels which i don't really blame them but if that's the closest thing we're going to get, so be it. That that creature was pretty awesome. Looking. Did a pretty ga- damn good job. And I think the last thing I have to say for this, uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca being the captain and second mate of the Falcon, going from Lando and L3 being in the cockpit, 
all the way to like the story bringing them away and then like Han's piloting it and then you know Kira doesn't know what she's doing in the cockpit and Chewie comes in I just felt that it was very like these two are meant to be together they're it, meant to and be and it's very natural in that yeah, way that they explore that it doesn't feel forced to me because no. like the the chemistry between Chewbacca and Han Solo in this movie is some of the best I've ever seen in Star Wars out of the two of them because even in even in A New Hope, I, I always feel like Harrison Ford's kind of phoning it in and not really giving his all to the character kind of than what Alden did in this movie. Where if he if Alden just did an impression of Harrison Ford, it would just been very boring. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm glad that he, you know, gave some more humanity. Not, not more humanity, but more energy. Yeah. More care into that his character and his position. I'm happy with the way that most of the performances turned out. And yeah. I think we all agree on that. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. they could have been way worse. And they kind of went with a route where it was like, okay, I can handle that. And, and people like were, you know, knocking this movie before they even saw it. They were like, oh, he doesn't look like Harrison Ford. And I'm like, well, Danny Glover doesn't look like Billy D. So, like... People, <laughs> people get like they're just people characters are, people like, on the internet get way too obsessed with how an actor looks for for the role rather than just like their what are they gonna bring to what it? are they gonna bring to it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah like, exactly. this dude is like whether or not they make more solo movies these people are locked down on at least two more movies mm-hmm. contractually whether they make them or not mm-hmm. so they need to find people that they were comfortable with building these characters out into these new characters that we can spend another eight, 10 years with, as opposed to just being like carbon copy, younger versions that will never live up to the versions that they're, that, you know, that they're playing that, mm-hmm. that we love. Mm-hmm. So that about wraps it up. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, remember you can visit us at storyscreenbeacon.com. Uh, where we have a bunch of articles and reviews, uh, really a bunch of great stuff. Follow us on Instagram at story underscore screen underscore beacon. You can also follow us on Twitter at story underscore screen. We also have a really cool Vimeo account where we just uploaded all of our old trailers and stuff like that. You can just go on Vimeo and search us. We're under story screen. Uh, A lot of fun stuff over there. Got our best of 2017 video, which I'm really proud of that I love watching. I think it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Also, all of our trailers uh, that we've pretty much shown before movies um, for all of our scheduled events ever since Story Screen started about four years ago. Uh, go uh, Since Robbie's not here and it's a hot take, so go on the website and buy a fucking t-shirt. That's what Robbie always says. And don't worry, Robbie isn't dead. I didn't shoot him. It was a bit. It was fake. Uh, so Robbie will be back. Jack will be back. They will return to hot takes. Uh, I won't steal it from them. I They're way better at this job, I think, than I am. I think Jeremy, you can agree too. Like they, they just had a little bit more time with it. We'll get there. Uh, the seeds have been sowed. I'm still in the middle of commandeering hot takes myself. Right? So no, I don't we'll, know about that. We'll get there. Oh, you're just gonna go rogue on me? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, right, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me. I'm happy to be here. Brian, thank you so much for joining me, talking that Star War. We'll uh, we'll be back soon again to talk about some more. Fun stuff that we've been able to sit on for a little bit and uh, talk maybe a little bit more solo on our next one, too, once we let it let it broil, let it steam up in us. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you again, listeners, so much for uh, checking us out. Check out our other Star Wars episodes. You can find them on SoundCloud, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcasts. Wherever you're listening to this one right now, you can just swipe on up. If it's got a Star Wars name in the name, it's a Star Wars movie that we're talking about.
Okay, guys, have a very good one. And hope you guys also kind of like Solo enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> bye. You guys can say bye. No. May the 24th be with you. <laughs>